0: This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. So decide what you want from God. Step number one is decide what you want from God. Find the scriptures that promise you those things and get those scriptures down on the inside of you. Meditate in those scriptures to where they become a part of you. Now, you've got to be ready to use those scriptures against the devil when he comes to try to steal the promise from you because he's going to come. So you've got to have a defense made beforehand. Now, folks, please notice we haven't even started to pray yet. These four steps to answer prayer really come down to three stages or three time periods. What you do before you pray, the time that you pray itself, the prayer itself, and then the last two steps are what do you do after you've prayed. It covers before, during, and after prayer. If you're going to get an answer to your prayer. If you're going to receive what you want from the Lord. Step number one is all about before you ever say a word in prayer. Now, today I want to talk to you about step number two. And that is the prayer itself. Now, here's the second step. Ask God for what you want and believe that you receive it when you pray. Now, let me show you, let me try to illustrate the point. How many of you, if I told you I've got a $100 bill in my pocket, how many of you would believe that I've got that? Okay, I've got some. A hundred dollar bill, those are in circulation. Yeah, okay, he could have a hundred dollar bill. Doesn't mean everybody you see is going to have a hundred dollar bill, but it's possible that he might have one. So therefore, you're going, to be based, you're going to base your belief, or lack thereof, on one and only one thing, and that is whatever you trust about me. Folks, you need to understand that this is the whole issue of faith. Faith is about what you think of God and his word. Because there's nothing that the Bible promises that's impossible. There's nothing that's too big for God. So everything about faith comes down to one and only one thing, and that is whether or not you believe God's word is what he said. That's it. That is the subject of faith in a nutshell. Now let's get back to the subject. We were talking about, if I make the statement, I've got a $100 bill in my pocket. Some of you... Maybe those of you that know me well enough, or whatever you base your opinion on, some of you are going to say, yeah, I believe that's true. Now let me ask you a question. How many of you now believe that I have a $100 bill? (laughs) Why do you need to believe it? You can see it. Do you see the point? You don't need faith for something you can see. Now, I know how we use the term, how many of you believe I've got a $100 bill? Well, yeah, okay, I can see that you've got it. Sure, I believe it. The Bible makes a distinction between those two, two different ways. The Bible says believing is when you can't see. Seeing is having. He said if you believe it when you can't see it, then you shall have it. Brother Hagin used an example Uh, after he was uh, raised up from the deathbed, still uh, still weak in his body, had only been up for, um, uh, I think it was a couple of months, if I remember the story right, it was within the first few months after he was healed of a deformed heart and blood disease, different things like that. God supernaturally raised him up because he found out these very same principles of faith. The thing that was holding him back is he finally saw Mark 11, 24 after meditating on it for months. He finally got to Mark eleven twenty four and he said, I see it. He had accused the Lord of, of, of not doing, not honoring his word because he, he really believed. He said, and, and he, he explained it. He said, I didn't say it in tones of arrogance, but he said, I, I just said, now Lord, if, if you appeared here in the flesh and said, Kenneth Hagin, your problem is you don't believe. He said, Lord, I don't have to call you a liar. I do believe. And he said that was one of the first revelations he got about faith. He said the Lord spoke to his heart and said, well, you do believe all right as far as you know. One of the first revelations he got about faith is that faith has to be based on knowledge. Brother Hagin had been healed a couple of months earlier. Woke up one morning. It was a Monday morning if I remember the story correctly. He woke up one Monday morning and he said half of his face was paralyzed. Now remember, he had had uh, he had, had a deformed heart. His heartbeat was irregular, and still had some uh, many symptoms after he was raised up and things like that. It wasn't like all of his simple symptoms disappeared overnight, and so he still had some things going on. So probably what happened is he had had some kind of stroke during the night, and so he said half of his face was dead. He said I could reach up and pinch it. He said I slapped myself. He said I, I would smile, and this side of my face the is almost like the muscles were exaggerated on one side. My my. Uh, My smile went all the way around to my ear and the other side just dead, couldn't get anything to it. He said, so, you know, here I am. What am I going to do? So he said, I decided during the day on Monday, he said, I I know what I'm going to do. He said, I know James chapter 5 and verse 15. It says, uh, the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. So he said, I'm going to go down to the full gospel tabernacle, full gospel tabernacle in the town there on Wednesday night. They had a Wednesday night service. So all of all of Monday and all of Tuesday, and all of the day on Wednesday, whoever the friends that he's with, they're seeing that his face isn't working right and his face looks twisted and stuff like that. And uh, so they asked him what was wrong. He said, well, he said, I don't know, but I'm going to go receive my healing on Wednesday night. Everybody, all of his friends and, and the, the people that he w- was acquainted with, they all knew what his plan was. Well, usually on Wednesday nights at the full gospel meeting, they would have uh, a, a time of um prayer requests and then they would have a short teaching and then they'd all come around the altar at the end of the service and pray and that type of thing but they had a lot of business to take care of that night and so for the sake of time they weren't going to have everybody come down around the the altar well that's where he was going to go have his have hands laid on him to to be prayed for and uh, and so the pastor just said, uh, well, for the sake of time, we're just all going to pray a prayer and then we're going to be dismissed. And he said he's sitting at the back of the auditorium, big long, uh, you know, tabernacle type thing, you know, skinny and long. And so he just hollered out as loud as he could. And he said, you know, his voice was kind of, uh, kind of affected by the fact that his lips weren't working right and things. But he hollered out. And he said, Brother Pastor, he said, I want you to pray for my healing before we go. He said, well, all right then, son, you just come right down here. And so Brother Hagin made out from where he was, came down to the front. There was a bottle of oil there on the, on the pulpit. The pastor just took the bottle of oil, put it in his hands, laid his hands on Brother Hagen. Brother Hagin said, I heard him say this many years ago, but this was uh, some 50 or 60 years after the time it happened. He said, to this day, I don't know one word he said. He said, all I'm waiting for is for him to say amen. That's the only word that's important to me is for him to say amen. See, so he had learned some things about faith. And so he said, the pastor, whatever it was he prayed, he laid hands on him, anointed him with oil, and said, Amen. Brother Hagin said, I lifted up my hands and shouted to the top of my voice, Thank God it's done. He said, I turned around and went my way. Well, when people in the, in the service heard him say that, and the ones that had already known about the situation and, and uh, had seen him for the last couple of days, now they all just flocked to him. All of his friends, they're flocking around him. Oh, hey, Kenneth, did you really get your healing? He said, Yes, absolutely I did. Absolutely, I did. And they said, "Well, do you feel any different?" He said, "No, I don't feel a thing." He said, "Well, you don't look any different. One side of your face is still kind of twisted up." And so he said, "Well, that doesn't matter." He said, "The prayer of faith will save the sick." He said, "I believe that I received it when he prayed, and so as far as I'm concerned, I'm healed." And they kept going back with, "But you don't look any different," and they kept asking him, "Do you feel anything?" Well, this was all the way where they were walking together as a group, all the way back, you know, to home or the, the different people's places and, and stuff like that. One of the, the first houses they came to after the meeting was a young girl. And uh, so she, she said, well, come on inside. You know, we've seen, in, seen you in the dark and stuff. Let's check you out again now that we've walked a couple of blocks. So they went inside the house and, and they're all looking at him and said, well, your face still looks just as twisted as it did before. Same, same condition that we can see. You, you can't feel anything. She said, no, I can't feel a thing. I haven't felt a thing in, in, during the whole, the whole process. And so the, the young girl, Ima Jean, was her name. She went and got her mother. Mama, come. Come look at Kenneth. Well, Brother Hagan said she got down and started staring into his face. He said, I got so tickled. He said, this side of my mouth just started running all around in my ear, you know. He said, I couldn't keep from smiling, couldn't keep from laughing. This side just as dead as it could be. And she said, well, Ima Jean. what is it I'm looking for? And she said, well, Kenneth thinks he's healed. And and Brother Hagen spoke up and he said, no, I don't think I'm healed. I know it. And she said, well, see if his face is any better. Well, she couldn't tell the difference, so they go right back to the same thing. You don't look any different. You're saying you don't feel any different. How can you say you're healed? Now, folks, I want you to understand something. The Bible says the prayer of faith shall save the sick. What determines whether or not it was the prayer of faith? The guy that prays, the pastor that prayed for him, or the individual? The individual. And that's what's happened so much in the church world. We'll have people lay hands on the sick and nothing will happen. They'll judge by what they can see and what they can feel. Nothing happens. So people say, well, I guess they just didn't have it. When the power was there all the time, if they had based their faith on what the word says instead of what they saw or how they felt. You determine whether it's the prayer of faith for you, not me. I can lay hands on you until I wear every hair off the top of your head. But you determine whether or not it's the prayer of faith, not me. So they kept looking at him, kept staring at him and all this kind of stuff. This went on for, for you know, uh, several minutes. They're, they're continuing to look. Finally, the mother said something to her daughter. She said, now, I'm a Jean." She said, I'd be careful about that if I were you. Because I'm a gene saying along with the other kids, you know, you didn't get it. You didn't get anything. I don't know why you keep saying you did. You didn't get one thing. The mother said, I'd be careful about that, that if I were you. Maybe Kenneth knows some things about faith that we don't know. See, everybody in town knew a story of being raised up from the deathbed. Maybe he knows some things about faith that we don't know. Brother Hagan said, I smiled to myself and said, I certainly do. Well... It's time for him to go on home, walk on the next couple of blocks to his house. And so he said, I'm a gene. He said, let me tell you something. The next time you see me, my face will be completely completely restored, completely right. You won't be able to tell any difference whatsoever. She said, well, all right, whatever you say, Kenneth, I, but I sure don't see any difference. Next morning, he woke up and his face was fine. Now, he saw those same people and they said, oh, Kenneth, I see now that you've got your healing. He said, yeah, I got it last night where Pastor... So-and-so prayed for me. Oh, no, no, no. You must have got it this morning or when, sometime during the night because when we saw you last, there was no change. Folks, you, you understand step two a little better now? Ask God for the things that you want and believe that you receive them when you pray. Believe that you receive them when you pray. Believe that you receive them when you pray. Brother Hagin said, if I had gone by their definition of faith to judge by what you can see or what you can feel, he said, I never would have gotten anything. I would have missed the opportunity to receive from God. And that's exactly where so much of the church is because they don't understand the principles of faith. They don't understand that the prayer of faith believes that you receive when you pray. When you pray. Now, folks, we use the example of healing, but it works the same in every area. Faith works the same in every area. Faith works the same way in finances. Faith works the same way in believing for a job. Faith works the same, thing, same way in believing for a place to live, whether it's a house or a condo or an apartment or whatever it is. Faith works the same in every area. Faith has to do with things that you receive from God for yourself. And faith works the same in every area. I was uh, uh, When we were building the building, there was a, uh, we came to a point in time where uh, we were going to have to decide what to do with the flooring uh, underneath this uh, this carpet uh, layer, there's a uh, there's a basketball floor, and it's a it's a wood floor and a certain type of floor that we had to had to put in and and you don't just lay down wood. There's uh, there's certain suspension elements to it, and so it uh, it all adds up to cost more. Basically, what it comes down to. And so we were at the place where uh, where we were going to have to do something with the flooring to go further. And uh, so uh, there was a fellow in our church at the time that uh, that was a distributor for flooring materials, and and so he had come to me some time before, and he said, "Listen, when you get ready to order whatever it is you want to order, you just pick it out, and you decide, and and we can get it for you at a, at a cut rate price." Man, that sounds great to me. I like that. So. Uh, we were at the place where where we started setting the schedule. I said, "All right, we're going to need the flooring in by a certain point in time, so that everything else is done ahead of time, and then we can get that done. And it'll take so long for them to put it down, and that type of thing." And so the guy had um, uh, had told me that he could get it for me at a cut rate price, and uh, and and you know wouldn't have to pay for it until we laid the flooring. But then he came to me uh, on um, uh, about Thursday or Friday of one week, and he said, "All right," and he said, "It's going to be delivered on Monday." He said, "Now the installers will begin. Uh, we're buying it from the the uh, through the installer, so we're going to have to pay the installer by Tuesday, and give him a check for the whole thing. Well, the 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 cost of the floor was over hundred thousand dollars. At that point in time, the church had about, oh, I don't know, maybe eighteen hundred dollars in the bank. <laughs> yeah, we were real close, you know. <laughs> well, it's been ordered. It's on the way." Now I had prayed before because I knew what the cost of the thing was going to be, or around about the costs, and so I had prayed before. I'd prayed Mark eleven twenty four before. Father, I believe I receive the hundred thousand dollars we need to lay the flooring, to, to purchase the flooring and lay it down uh, in the name of Jesus. Thank you that it's mine. And so I'd been making some confessions on my own along the way, and and some and you know t- t- that type of thing. But really had exercised a lot of. Uh, put a lot of effort into it, hadn't put a lot of spiritual effort into it, just simply going through the motions, simply doing what the Bible says to do. Now, folks, let me tell you something about faith. Faith is not strong when you feel strong. See, so many times people have had these strong feelings of faith. Yeah, I'd really trust God. And then they try to put their confidence in that feeling. Folks, if you do that, you're putting your confidence in a feeling, not in the Word. You're not strongest in faith when you feel strong. You're strongest in faith when all you've got is the Bible. Because it's the Bible that does the work. The Bible is the Word of God. It's the power of God that brings about the deliverance. And so he told me, he said, uh, so so just so that we're clear. This is like Thursday or Friday. He said, just so we're clear, you're going to have the money on Tuesday, right? You're going to be able to give me the money on Tuesday so I can pay these guys. i got to tell them what to expect. And so I said, yeah, yeah, yep." On Tuesday, you'll have a check for $100,000 for the flooring. He says, okay, praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Mike. And he went, he, he beaten right out in the parking lot. He got in his car. He drove away. And it was all I could do to keep my knees from knocking together. <laughs> now, I'm standing there thinking all the time that he's, that he's telling me, you know, we've got to have it on Tuesday. We've got to have it at least by Tuesday. We've got to have it by Tuesday. All the time, I'm thinking, all right, what am I going to do? The devil's screaming in my ear. You know how much money you got in the bank? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Now, folks, here's the real difficult part for a lot of people where faith is concerned. Remember in, in uh, Romans chapter 4, verse 17, it says God does two things. God quickens the dead and calls things that be not as though they were. The hardest thing for most Christians is to call things that be not as though they were. And the reason that it's hardest thing for them I don't mean difficult, it's not something that you have to push through, but I mean it's difficult for them in this sense because they think they're lying if they do it. But I want to I want to ask you a question. Is it or is it not a statement of fact in the Bible that God cannot lie? The Bible says God cannot lie. It doesn't say that He doesn't lie, it says that He cannot lie and Romans 4:17 we just read it says that God calls things that be not as though they are if god is lying by calling things that be not as though they are then we might as well throw the book away my point is if he cannot lie and he calls things that be not as though they were that means you and i doing the same thing cannot be lying it's never a lie Think about all the things that God has said that contradicted the circumstances. He, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, when the whole earth was filled with darkness, covered with darkness, he said, King James says, let there be light. Literally, the Hebrew says, light be. He called the darkness light and light became. He did that with everything he created. He used words to bring the circumstances, to change the circumstances into what we now know as the reality. Jesus did that with the fig tree. He cursed the fig tree. Here's a growing, thriving, everything except fruitful fig tree. It's got leaves all over it. It's big. It's bushy. It should have fruit on it, but it doesn't. And Jesus called it dead. He said, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. Yeah, but Pastor Mike, when God did that and when Jesus did that, he's saying words that were going to become reality. Exactly. And that's what faith does. That's what Mark eleven twenty three is all about. Whosoever shall say unto the mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And here's the qualifier, And shall not doubt in his heart. We'll talk about that in the last two steps. And shall not doubt in his heart, But shall believe, in his heart, That those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. That's why when you pray, You have to, in your prayer, believe that you receive it. So I spent that weekend, I spent that weekend with the devil sitting on my shoulder. Preached Sunday morning, he's right there. I don't know what I was preaching about, but it had nothing to do with finances, but he's right there saying, what about that $100,000? What about that $100,000? You're going to have to stand up and tell all these people. Well, you won't even have to do it. The guy in your church will go tell everybody this faith stuff doesn't work. (laughs) Pastor Mike told me that he'd have $100,000 for me on Tuesday, and it wasn't there. Don't believe anything he says. Be, that would have made it real hard, real difficult for me to use that $100 bill in my pocket illustration from that point forward. Because nobody would have believed anything that I said. And the devil's trying to tell me all the things about it. He's trying to tell me who's going to find out. He's, going to try to, he's trying to tell me about how, how all this is going to fail. They're going to file suit. Like, that's a new thing. They're going to file suit against us for the $100,000 on the floor. All this kind of stuff. He just paints the worst picture in the world. Tuesday morning, had a $100,000 check to give. After church, Sunday night, somebody came up to me after the service. and said, oh, Pastor Mike, I almost forgot to put this in the offering. The Lord told me to give this to you. Listen, that happens all the time. People a lot of times say, I missed the offering. Would you add this to the offering, uh, you know, to get it to the office, that type of thing? Fine, no problem. Stick it in my Bible. Go take care of it as we go. I got back home. Didn't look at it Sunday night. Went to the office on Monday morning. Opened up my Bible. Added that to the thing. Thought, well, all right. Might as well open it up. Open it up. $100,000 check. Came as casually. Nobody even said, now this is special. The Lord really talked to me about this one. He told me to come save your rear end. Nothing. Just as casual as anybody would ever give me anything else. Oh, by the way. Folks, the key is when you pray, believe that you receive the things that you desire. When you pray. Now let me, let me remind you of one other scripture, and we'll close with this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. is a quote from the Old Testament. Works the same way in the Old Testament as it's supposed to as it works today in the New Testament. And that is this it says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, I want you to see the contrast. He's saying there's a difference in faith and what you see. Paul is using an Old Testament confirmation for the same thing that he's just told the Corinthians. Don't look at the things that appear. That's another translation, by the way, of 2 Corinthians 4.18. It says, while we look not at the things which are seen. Another translation says, while we look not at the things which do appear. He's talking about, I'm talking about natural things. He's talking about circumstances. See, walking by sight is believing according to what you can see. Walking by sight is believing according to this part of the illustration. Believing that I've got the $100 because you can see it in my hand. That's what walking by sight is. And the Bible makes a distinction between that and faith. It says we walk by faith and not by sight. Don't look at the things which do appear as the proof or evidence of your faith. Why? Because faith is the evidence of things you can't see with the natural eye. Yeah, but Pastor Mike, I've been believing for a long time. You know, I learned something else from Brother Hagen. I saw him do this with somebody one time, and, and I've, I've used it several times. I, I I try not to be ritualistic about it. But it, it works, it just works. I've had people come to me uh, uh, regarding healing and, and that type of thing, and you can tell that they don't have a great understanding about how faith works. And, and that's not a put down for anybody. We all learn from somewhere, but the, you can tell they're not really in a position to receive their healing. So I've done this several times, and it's worked every time I can get somebody to do it. Not, a, not always. Not will people. People won't always do it, but every time I can get somebody to do it, it works every time. I'll lay hands on them and pray the prayer of faith over them. And then I'll ask them, is it done? And I'll get them to say, I'll keep going until they will say, yes, it's done. According to the word of God, it is done. And then I'll tell them, now look at your watch. They'll look at their watch and I'll say, tell me what time it is. They'll tell me the time and I'll say, now I want you to say this. Sunday night, whatever the date is, at such and such a time, whatever the time is, I received my healing by faith. I said, that's what I want you to say for the next 10 days. Sunday night, whatever the date is, at such and such a time, I received my healing by faith. That's all I want you to say. It doesn't matter what else you see. It doesn't matter what the devil tries to tell you. It doesn't matter what the doctor tells you. You say only at such and such a date, at such and such a time, I received my healing by faith. Within 10 days, I've never seen it take more than 10 days. Within 10 days, the situation changes and the condition is gone. The situation changes and the condition is gone. Why? Because faith works even if your head doesn't understand. I'm so glad Jesus did not say what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and if you understand it, you'll have them. Because that would have left me out of a lot of good things. Because there are a lot of things I don't understand, but I do understand this. I understand that if you believe that you receive when you pray and don't turn away from that, The devil's not big enough to keep you from getting the answer. Now, folks, it works with healing. It works with finances. It works with with the the job you haven't yet been hired for. It works for the house that you haven't found. It works in every area of life. As long as it's a thing, as long as it pertains to you, it works every time. Step number two is ask God for the things that you want and believe that you receive them when you pray. The Bible says in John chapter 15 and verse 8 that God is glorified when we get answers to our prayers. God wants you to pray with a specific purpose and get a specific answer. Come join us at Foothill Family Church. Join Mike Webb and Foothill Family Church every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our weekly healing school. Healing school is for those who are in need of being healed from sickness in their body, as well as those who want to strengthen their faith in the area of healing. She said, uh, I saw the advertisement for healing school, so we came that night, and she said, I'd been diagnosed with uh, multiple sclerosis, MS. And she said, uh, uh, I came up to you after the service, and and I was just sure that you were going to lay hands on me and pray for me when I told you what the situation was, and and you didn't do it. Well, that sounds like me. She said, you sent me back to the bookstore to get some materials on healing. That sounds like me too. And she said, I was really disappointed. I thought, oh my goodness, my chance to be healed is gone. She said, but I I did what you said. I went back and I got the book that you told me to. And you had also referred me to the website and told me about some of the messages and different things that I could download and listen to and, and so forth. And she said, the word of God has changed my life. She said, now I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I understand what belongs to me. She said, I'm, I believe I received my healing. I'm standing in faith in my healing. And she said, and even though I don't go by what it looks like, my symptoms are starting to diminish. Well, why? Because she put the Word first. Again, that's Healing School each Sunday night, led by Pastor Mike Webb at 6 p.m. For directions and more information, go to mikewebb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.